the strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm one with the force of forces with me. Now witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational battle station. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. Well, let's start somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 195, recorded October 26, 2023, our Halloween Spectacular. My name is Joe Becker, one half of the KyberCast team. The other half with me, as always, is my Polexican friend. That's me. I'm the Polexican. I can say that because he's wearing the shirt, folks. Well, plus I am a Polexican. (laughs) By the way, Michael Diaz, how's it going, everyone? They can't answer you, Michael. That's right. This is not radio. (laughs) This is a podcast. Uh, yeah, we, so I, I'm looking forward to this uh, this recording as we get to talk about. We're going to talk about later on in the episode our top five each horror movies, not sci-fi horror, plain old horror movies. So that's coming up later in the episode. Uh, Michael's got his list uh, that he refuses to use glasses to read regular. <laughs> I need bifocals. I refuse to get them. Uh-huh. So it's like torture yourself, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, can you read the Can you read the news, Michael? Well, yeah, because that's on a different screen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's farther away. So let's talk news. All right. So uh, for those of you that are into comics, I think you know that there's a new Ultimate Universe. We need more universes. Comic. We need more well, universes. Right. So some background, early 2000s, Marvel's like, hey, we've got too much canon. Let's kind of like recreate the Marvel Universe if it was now. Right. So we've got Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate X-Men, Ultimate Fantastic, Ultimate, a lot of shit. And really, the Avengers films were based on more the Ultimates, which was the ultimate version of the Avengers. Well, close to 10 years ago now, that all went away. The Ultimate Universe is wiped out. But then recently, the evil version of Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe, um, I think he's called The Maker, there was a story called Ultimate Invasion, and now there's a new Ultimate Universe. So Marvel is kind of spinning up this idea. Uh, they're, they're coming back with an Ultimate Spider-Man. So a lot of, a lot of people were like, wait a sec. The original Ultimate Spider-Man was Peter Parker, and he died. And that's where Miles Morales came from. Oh. He was the ultimate version of Spider-Man until they collapsed all the different universes. And now Miles has become a staple within the the Marvel, not cinematic universe, but the Marvel comic universe, what they call the 616 universe. He's been there for years now. He replaced Peter Parker in the 616? No, they both exist as Peter Parker. Or, I'm sorry. They both as, as, as exist as Spider-Man. <laughs> they both as, exist as Spider-Man, correct. Got it. Um, so, there was a lot of hubbub. Like, who is this new Ultimate Spider-Man going to be? Because Peter Parker died. Well, this is a new universe. So, yes, the new Ultimate Spider-Man is Peter Parker. But 
it's not a teenage Peter Parker. This is an older Peter Parker who is married once again to MJ and has two lovely little kids. And it's wow. like, what would happen if you became Spider-Man a little bit older? Oh, he became after the kids were born? Uh, I'm I'm not 100% on that, but it's sounding like he got his powers later than his teenage years. So, we'll see about that. It's It sounds, it reminds me of the Sony movies, right? The Sony animated movies? Where, uh, you know, in um, Beyond the Spider-Verse or, you know, whatever. Right. All that stuff. You had the that older version of Peter Parker that, you know, kinda had kinda had a little bit of a beer belly and was not as Who was the voice of that? It wasn't Chris Pine. No, no, you no. Know? It was Chris Pine was the one that died. Right. Uh it was uh Jake Johansson. That's what it was. Yeah. He does great. So it doesn't look like he's quite down on his luck like that, but this is an older version of Peter Parker. So another thing, if you're into comics, uh, in the 616 universe, Peter and Mary Jane got married a long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. But while Joe Quesada was editor-in-chief, he personally never liked the fact that Peter and MJ were married. Felt it <laughs> he wanted them all for himself, that weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he didn't like it, and so he's like, you know, cut that. So they did a whole storyline, I think it was called One More Day, where... Um, basically Peter makes a deal with the quote unquote devil. I think it was Mephisto or Memphisto or whoever they call him in the Marvel. Oh, yeah. Remember, remember Mephisto? Yeah. Yeah. He's supposed to be everywhere, right? Wasn't he supposed to do everything? Right. <laughs> but he cut a deal and it saved Mary, uh, Aunt May's life. But what it cost was his relationship and marriage with MJ. It was made to never have happened. So, I think what they're trying to do is, hey, kind of like, well, in this other universe, they never got divorced and, or not even divorced, they just didn't undo the marriage. And, hey, this is what it's like to be Peter Parker, older as Spider-Man with MJ and being a dad. So that's that's the end of the mystery. No, no new real Ultimate Spider-Man. It's still Peter Parker, but it's interesting to those of you that are interested in the new Ultimate Universe. Got it. Which I might pick up and trade. I, I'm not going to do floppies again. I can't do it. Yeah, you've well, told us. People, people know this. I know, but I, I think I might pick up that first trade. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. In the first one? Why don't you buy it digitally and then you'll have it? No. Oh, no. No. Because, uh, okay, I'm very Dutch. They charge way too much for a first run digital. <laughs> they charge the same as a paper, don't they? Pretty much. Which shouldn't be. Right. Should but be lots half, of times. Half the price. You know, when the trades go on sale for super cheap digitally, that's when I drop. That's when I jump. Got it. That makes more sense, right? They've already paid everyone. All right. The fact, and I'm not saying people shouldn't get paid, you know, when they digital copies, they sell those, they should still get their cut. They should be the same cut they would get from the, the printed one. It should be I the agree. same. But then they don't have to pay a printing fee, so we should like not have to pay the printing side of it. Everybody can make the same that. money, but I should have to pay for the printing because I didn't buy a print piece. You know, paying for the paper and the ink and the printing, the whole thing. Yeah. Take all that out. You've already made – I mean, they've made the money on the floppy. They've made the money by collecting it again. This is all just gravy. It should be way cheaper. Yeah, there's no mailing either. There's, there's no shipping. There's space, no right? – It's Yeah, there's, that's infinite. 
Well, it still costs money. I get that, but but it's ridiculously cheap. Come on, still, I know, stop. I know, I know. So, all right. Now what? What's next? Well, for those of you that are excited about the new Scott Pilgrim anime that's coming to Netflix, surprise, surprise, Netflix has paid for the rights for the Scott Pilgrim versus the World movie to come back to Netflix right before the anime. So that way everyone can get the original uh, one. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Not rebooting. No, this is Scott Pilgrim versus the world. The one from like yeah. what, 10, 15 years ago with 90 uh, something. I don't know. 2000 something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, definitely 2000. Anything in the last 23 years is 2000 something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they got it back, which for those that you recall, the anime has the entire voice cast back that was you know in the film. So it's a good way to kind of uh, brush up before you jump back into the anime, if you're so interested. Nice. This next one's huge. I'm sure you're all over it. <laughs> I caught this one. I was like, really? Now- it's not fair of me to say that because... You didn't see it. I haven't seen it. You have, right? I have, yeah. So, Samaritan is getting a sequel. This is the Stallone. sequel to the Stallone superhero movie that nobody asked for. But you watched it and... I give it a C. C plus, B minus, somewhere around there. It was fine. I didn't pay for it. I didn't go looking for it. I put it on, watched it, and it was fine. Okay. But I mean, do you think it deserved a sequel? I think Netflix needs content. What's the difference? Like, it's all part of like, it's not going to like make people buy a subscription, but it's going to keep people on the platform because it's just new content. You know what I mean? Like the whole idea of, of subscriptions really in the air right now, because people are what's called churning like crazy, right? You, I'll go, I'm good this month. Nothing's good. I'll cut it. So I'll come back later. They don't want that. Nobody wants that. They want you to stick around, right? Right, so you might as well just keep throwing stuff up there. It's not like it's going to make or break. It may, it, it's, it may keep somebody from leaving, but it certainly won't draw somebody new. Like, I'm going to sign up for Samaritan, that, and that's not going to happen. But it's just another thing, like, when you're bored, like, oh, that was pretty good. That was worth my, whatever, $20 a month now, I think it is. Well, just to be clear, it's Prime Video, not Netflix. Or Prime. Same. Well, see, I don't pay for I pay for Prime anyways for the other things. It's just like here. Exactly. Here's a, here's if you a notice, gift. Prime has gone up. It keeps going up significantly. Yeah. That's I still have it. It's like 100 bucks now. It's more like 130 I thought mine was like maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I pay it once a year. So, like, you don't notice, right? Well, yeah, you notice when it comes. Like, what the fuck? And then you're yeah, like, what okay. The hell? Oh, oh, oh. I guess, well, I guess I'm good for a year. <laughs> I guess I'm good for a year because I want my shit in two days. Well, you know what? The thing is, I bitch about it. And then Christmas comes and stuff shows up two days before Christmas. And I'm like, thank you, Prime. Yeah. <laughs> Optimus Prime. Uh, I do admit it is nice for the two-day shipping, which isn't always two days now. But sometimes it's one, sometimes it's one here. Or sometimes it all depends on what's at the DC, right? If there's a DC within so many hours of you, you get right. it the next day. Right. And all, lots of times I, st- I still do that thing where it's like, hey, I don't need it, really need this right away. So I'll take a dollar credit. And <laughs> no, I, I do. I'm like, because I use that digital credit like that. Like I'm buying digital books and shit all the time. Yeah. So I get that digital credit. And then I'd say about half the time. They still ship it the same way anyway. It's like, yeah, hey, but you're getting your stuff early. <laughs> Thank you. And the dollar. All right. 
move on. All right, so Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes coming out in November has the, uh, I don't know if it's prestige, but it has the... uh, Cachet. The the cachet, the infamy, as it is projecting to be the lowest opening weekend for any Hunger Games film. Yeah, but that's to be expected. Like, it doesn't have the same pull as the original stuff. Yeah, and splitting that last movie, which, you know, so there were three books originally, and they split the last book into two. For the money grab. Oh, this is a money grab, too. Yeah, but maybe the story's good. I don't know. Could be good. When the book came out and it got panned, and I admit, I I tried to read it, and it just didn't grab me. I, it's on my to-be-finished pile and has been for like a year, not longer. <laughs> like, I like that world. I would like to hear more stories, but it's really hard for me to I see Snow need, as a protagonist. I don't need any, uh, any more of this. They're fine. I liked I liked the books. I read them. I enjoyed them thoroughly. Uh, the movies were fun up until the last one. The last one was boring. Well, because it's the second half of the third. I mean, yeah, they shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have. Done well, they did it with Harry Potter, and it worked out. They've done it with all kinds of films. Yeah, stupid fucking money grab. But sometimes it works. Sometimes it works. You know. And, I will say this. I'm not a Harry Potter fan in any way. But if I remember correctly, the books kind of got longer because they grew with the readers, yeah. right? Yeah. It got so more. Yeah. I'm okay. That, so that, that last book was probably significantly longer than the first book. So. Yeah. I think it was It was basically, a, they, it, it was worth doing what they were supposed to do. It was like, I don't know. That makes sense. O- almost that 600 pages or something like that. I don't know. That I get. That makes yeah. sense. I mean, look at Dune. You know. Yeah. When we read it a couple of years ago in our uh, little, yeah. uh, what, what do we call that? A little, uh, I don't know, book club, whatever. Book club, yeah. I mean, it's 800 pages. It makes sense that, okay, we're going to get two movies out of this. Makes sense. Right. They could cut it down to one one book. There's a lot of talking in that book. <laughs> it's a long book. It is. All right. Well, we shall see how it does. You know, at the same time, in the same vein, Marvels is looking to open up very low. 50 to 75 million is what they're projecting. Yeah. I, with a with a with a possible full between 380 and 420 or something like that total. Oof, less than half of what the original made. Yeah. Which Are you going are you going to see it within the first week? Here's here's okay. Here's part of the problem. This is obviously Marvel has marketed this best they could without the actors correct and i have no i know it's coming out in november i have no idea what the release date is so i don't either that's a problem right (laughs) more than a problem people aren't caring I, i really liked the first one this could be a great movie i don't know it could be there was a i think there was a rumor of a shot of thor in it I'm okay with it. I like Thor. No, of course it's okay. I'm just telling you, like, I think they may be showing that now to get people to. I heard there was a shot in the in the previews that you might like you almost see the silhouette of Thor, almost to get people to like, wait, Thor's in it. Like, when does it even come out? November 10th. That's like um, two weeks. I'm gonna tell you right now, I am not going going opening night. No, but I mean within the first week is what I asked you. 
Possibly. I know I can't go opening night because uh, a friend of mine just got married and he's having a little uh, little get together to celebrate his uh, marriage on November 10th. So nice. I will be at that. And I'm thinking I like that better. There you go. But it is coming up on November. If it's a cold, rainy weekend, sure, I'll go see it. It's October, November in Michigan. They're all cold, rainy weekends. That's what I'm saying. There's a good chance I go. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. I heard it's supposed to snow there next week. You bite your fucking tongue. No, I was told that today. I don't want to hear that. I'm not ready for that. That was only. Sorry, it was only 78 and sunny here, so I apologize. Listen, it was 75 here on Tuesday. We got a little heat wave, so I was okay with that. It was in the 60s today, but it's still 63 right now. So it's terrible here. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, but you're right, Michigan. It it turns on a dime. It was literally 37 on Monday morning (laughs) and 75 on Tuesday afternoon. So let's talk more about the weather because we're old men. Oh, boy. All right. So before we uh, move on, I guess we got to go through our geeks this week. I- I'm so stoked to get to our scary Halloween things. So I'm just trying to get us there because I think it's well, going to be a fun discussion. Okay. Our geek this week is fast. I finished it. It is super well. fast. There you go. <laughs> that's it. Well, that is the shortest uh, geek this week for Michael, I think, maybe ever. Well, okay. You want me to go longer? No, I'm just fine. fine. Like, I like Scalzi. This was not one of his best books. Uh, This is probably, this. I sound terrible. This was, I don't know, it's the sixlets to an M&M, I guess. Does that make sense? (laughs) I don't know. It's not terrible, but it's, it was was good, but it wasn't great. I enjoyed it, but it's, uh, it's a snack. I'll call it that. There you go. I don't really have, I mean, I have my basic LOTR uh, book, um, but nothing much. I, it's been a busy week. A lot of things, excuse me, going on and um, not in the mental state for a lot of those, a lot of stuff right now, but uh, just too busy at work. So when I come home and I just gel, I'm just like, Ugh, whatever you want to watch. I don't even care what we show up if we watch something. So, um, Well, speaking of watching stuff. Uh, I will say this, uh, Rotten Tomatoes just did their 25 top TV shows in the last 25 years. Ah. So I took note of that because there are times when we finish a show and I'm like, me or Cher, like, okay, what do we watch next? Now we've got a list. Now you got a list. I will say this isn't really a geek thing, but maybe it is now that Michael's in the vinyl world. I did listen to, and I ordered afterwards because i didn't know what was happening uh conan o'brien had uh dave Grohl and, and uh, chris novolesic and uh steve albini in the studio uh talking about the 30th anniversary of the in utero album yeah. and at uh so i ordered that on uh, our aforementioned amazon um so i'm excited to get that vinyl soon it's a is nice the vinyl of the album or is it a 30th anniversary version of the album 30th anniversary remastered on 180 gram plus you get a 10 inch uh b-sides stuff that wasn't on there like a 10 inch vinyl with it oh that's cool yeah so hey i don't have any of them so 
when something like that comes out, I get it. Cause I'm like, well, I like that album and you know, might as well get, I like, I don't mind buying brand new vinyl. I don't need to have some fucking vintage thing. This is the original pressing from 19. No, I want something that when I play it, it's not going to sound scratchy. <laughs> Fair. So you never owned the actual CD? CD, yes, but not the vinyl. Oh yeah, I'm not really buying my CDs. Well, I don't, my CDs are locked up in the house in a different house right now that I'll probably just sell them all. That's fair, but you can stream anything anywhere. Yeah, but I'll probably sell them all. I don't need them. I'll probably take them to a record store and see how much for the lot. Oh, uh, I'd say a quarter on the a quarter each is what the. No, not necessarily. There's there's a revival of CDs too. People are back into that. Some people are buying cassettes, which I don't get that. That's at all. dumb. That deteriorates. CDs do not. Right. Well, they do. I mean, their lifespans are what approximately ten to fifteen years. They can get destroyed. I know because I've destroyed a couple by accident. Well, I mean, you can destroy it, but if they're just sitting there in a case, nothing's happening to them. Yeah, they should be fine. Yeah, There's, nothing's happening. Um. Anyways. Um, that's it for our geek this week. Uh, one quick thing. If you would like to help out the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash the patreon.com slash Kybercast. And you can, uh, throw something in the old tip jar. So check it out. Patreon.com slash Kybercast. All right. What do you want to do first? Let's do Loki first. Let's, cause let's do Loki first. Just cause. Let's do it. So we have season to episode three, 1893. 1883 was the cafe of where I used to work. Um, <laughs> that was the name of the cafe that we used to work at, that Shay and I used to work at. Um, so 1893 is the episode. Uh, I can say I like this episode the best out of the, the season so far. Um, I did feel a little uneasy when I saw Kane. Um, yeah. And later it was just like a little awkward, um, but it's not fair to anyone because he hasn't gone through the process yet. So it's not about that. We're not going to get into that, but it was just a little twitchy. Uh, then I got over it because I thought he played the part really, really well, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, such a different version of King. So um, I will say, yeah, I appreciated that aspect of it because it showed his acting prowess. Right. But. There seems to be a pretty sharp divide. People either thought that he played timely very well, you know, with his, you know, mannerisms and um, stuttering or whatnot, his speech impediment, I will say. Well, is that how it is in the comics? I don't know anything about. I don't know. I I can't speak to time. I don't know timely well in the comics. I know Kang. I've read his origin. I've encountered him a few times as an Avenger. Obviously, I know that his the younger version of himself is Iron Lad in the Young Avengers, because I read that book too. Um, I collected that series for a while, but so I, I had never encountered Timely before. Um, but there were some people I saw that were like, they thought it was a, a terrible performance. So I think this was like a, a, a I don't know. A, I don't think it was terrible. Do you think it was terrible? No, I, I, thought? I thought it was a great performance. I. I liked it. I liked that. I mean, he who remains was an interesting take, but uh, I mean, he's not going to do a thousand different takes, but I do appreciate that he who remains was kind of like this, basically a person that's like sitting at the end of time, kind of bored and maybe a little bit off because of that, because I mean, what do you do? Right. Just hang out. Right. Just- <laughs> and, 
wait to see if people show up to try and take you out because you've pruned every timeline but the one. Right. And then obviously we met Kang in Quantumania and he's completely different persona. Um, you know, projects himself as, oh, I'm, I was, you know, kicked out and it was not right and blah, blah, blah. But actually I'm a bastard and I'm going to fuck everything up. Yep. That was his words. Well, no, I'm paraphrasing, but you know what I mean? (laughs) So we've seen three different versions of Kang now or Kang variants. And each one has had a distinct persona and personality. And I appreciate that from an acting level. Yeah, I agree. What about the episode? What was your take on the episode? Did you like the episode? You know, I I think I may have been overhyped. So we record this on Thursday, the same time the episodes are coming out. Um, so we're usually about a week late. That's yep. just how it is. If they if the episodes were on Wednesday, we'd be almost right on time. Correct. So one of our listeners uh, had messaged me because we had, you know, the second episode I didn't love and we had talked about that. Um, you know, in my opinion, the first episode was fan-fucking-tastic. The second episode was really rushed. Uh, so he said, don't worry, this one's an upswing. This one's really good. And I guess I was anticipating that. And I, this is better to me than the second episode. It's better than the first one for me. But for me, no, the first one's still the best one of the series. And we're... I, I guess I'm starting to feel a little bit more like you, Joe, in that this is a six-episode series. We're halfway done. We're half done. Where the fuck are we going? I don't know. They just walk through a door at the end. Right. So, I mean, I, I get it. At least this had a little bit of purpose. Like, this episode had a purpose in and of itself of... of um. Uh, Miss Minutes and them trying to get him to go back and do what they need him to do and take the place of uh, the other uh, he who remains. You know what I mean? They wanted it. They wanted to restore it the way it was by right. by pulling him through and and that kind of stuff. So at least at least I understood what they wanted out of them. at least you know them in the end game. I don't quite know what Loki and them want with them. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't exactly get what's going on here. So yeah, and it's good to see Renslayer again. You know, we haven't seen yeah. her since the end or somewhere towards the end of season one. She stepped through a portal and we didn't know where she went, her door. So it's good to see that she's been lying low. And right. But also it's this weird it's this weird kind of time loop too, because Timely only became timely because they first stopped off in 1868 and Renslayer left timely a TVA manual. Right. So, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, well yeah, that's the funny thing with time. It always fucks things up, these kind of things. Right. Like, well, so, how can you give somebody back what they haven't had made already, but they made it? It's always maybe, the weird thing. Maybe this was addressed in the episode, but. He comes out and he shows his prototype for the temporal loom, which we obviously know there's an issue with that back of the TVA and it's going to blow and they need his right time aura to come get them through so they can shut down or do whatever they got to do. That's fine. But then he sells this prototype to some robber baron 
And then the guy's like, you're, you scammed me. Like, right. Right. Work. Like, what about it didn't work? I guess it didn't catch on. I didn't know either. Okay. So that's poor writing, right? Quick writing. I guess so. Yes. I mean, I guess unless we're just supposed to believe, oh, he, he faked it for some reason to make money. What? Like, I, I guess, what? You know, that's kind of where my head's at. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we get some answers uh, today. I'll, I'll watch it after I get off the podcast. Um, but, uh, I, you know, it was to me, it was just a little better episode because at least there was a reason for some, there was a, 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 yeah, a reason or a purpose for at least some of the characters, and I understood what they wanted out of them. I still don't understand what the other half wanted out of them, you know. Why didn't they just let him die with what was the consequence if they killed him? Well, because well, Sylvie, yeah, so Sylvie if, was going to take him out. And yeah, if Sylvie kills him and she gets what she wants and uh, apparently they can't bring him back to the TVA to get into the computer because they to fix the timelines to fix, you know, the the what temporal loom or whatever. Yeah. OK, but if they found him and he's a variant. Why can't they find other ones? Exactly. That's kind of my point. Why does it yeah. have to be this one? Yeah, I don't know. So, uh, it was a decent episode. I, For me, like I said, I like it better than the second episode, but not as much as the first. And uh, you're obviously of a different opinion. I, I mean, over, over, I'm with you overall. I just thought this was a better story for this for the episode but they're still don't know where the hell the series is going we're 50 we're percent done they've got three episodes and then where's it gonna lead like what is at the end of the loki series in my opinion since it's called loki the, to me it's ultimately what's going to happen to loki is he going to be gone forever is he going to be a variant that's played by a different actor that will be thrusted into the mcu for later right or will it be our this loki that becomes part of the storytelling later on in the MCU as all the way, at least till at least King uh, the Avengers King dynasty or whatever the hell it's called. So, uh, so again, like I said, I, I'm more, I'm, I'm leaning more toward to what you have initially said since the first episode. Like, I really don't know where the fuck we're going and what anyone's motivation is. I mean, yes, I get it. Loki wants to survive at all costs, costs, but, why is he so vehemently trying to save the TVA? I guess I'm, does he think that's the only way he stays alive? And Sylvie, unfortunately, was a great and complex character because she was a bit of a mystery in season one, and then you find out who she is, and then there's this weird kind of romance between her and Loki. I mean, it was all very interesting. And now, you know, we see her at the end of episode one. She just wants to experience things that she didn't experience before. And then the second episode, they come and kind of fuck up her day. And then she's like, I'm not coming. And then finally says, okay. And then she's trying to kill everyone. And then this one, she shows up. She's trying to kill people again. It's like, she was such a great and interesting character in season one. And now for an episode and a half, she's just trying to kill anyone that looks like Kang. Yeah. They've minimized her for sure. Yeah. And I don't like that. She's a great actress. They could be doing. It's so just a good character. They, they could. They should. They could and should be doing more. Agreed. So, I'm hoping 
episode four is stronger because, like I said, we're halfway through now. So we are halfway through. That's my take. Okay. I think that's good. I think, if, again, I will call it a failure if we don't know what happens to Loki by the end of the last episode and what, what the future means for that character. So, all right. Spooky time. Spooky, spooky time. Halloween movie countdown. Our top five each. So I'm wondering if we'll cross over. I kind of, looking at my list, there may be only one that I think we cross over, and that might be, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. That's, that might be our the, my number one. Uh, Michael, why don't you start with your number five top horror movies in your brain? Okay. Are they goth adjacent, by the way, or just. (laughs) (laughs) No, but they scare the shit out of me. That's why they're on here. So I'm going to begin with a couple of caveats. I think about a year or two ago, we did something similar where we did the best scary sci-fi films. Yes. I mentioned Alien, The Thing, The Fly, The Mist, things like that. Yeah. I remove them for, for from contention. For I the same. Good. Now, that said, you and I had this discussion when you brought up the topic. Typically, I don't watch a lot of scary movies because I admit it, I don't like scary movies because I don't like to be scared. He gets a scared. I do get a scared. <laughs> um, so, this... Uh, these are probably not traditionally horror films, but they're movies that scare the shit out of me. How about It's okay. That? Yeah, go. Number five. Movie that affects me to this day still in my relationship with the ocean, Jaws. Oh, okay. That I you know, I, I wasn't sure that's a horror, but it is it is I think anything that has the line uh you know, when you're afraid to go in the water or whatever, like any kind of like fear factor to that. Like to me, the only true horror sci-fi is probably Alien, because only because it was marketed in space, they can't hear you scream. And the thing, in the thing, yeah, in the thing. Um, but uh, yeah, Jaws is a good one. It's a good one. It's not on my list at all. But uh, I know a I lot think of people, at the time. That's yeah, a pretty. It, it, it listen. It got people to like fear the water. Okay. I get that it's a lot of people don't put it as a horror movie. And I know lots of times people, when they say horror, lots of times it means slasher films too. I don't watch a lot of those. I haven't watched a few. But all I know is that I saw this at far too young of an age. And because of that, I still have issues with the ocean. So I think that's fair. I think, you know, when you see my list, most of the, if not all of them, are basically when I was younger, not. Well, I would say nothing Nothing on my list is of the last 25 years. Let me see this. Other movies that I also saw at a young age, like Alien, I saw it around the same time as Jaws when I was a kid. Right. It scared the hell out of me. But that one, I don't know, maybe it's because it's an alien and you know it's fake. It drew me to it, so that's, that's why it's my favorite franchise yet. And same with the thing. I remember in fourth grade, my parents were watching it and I had to go hide in a different room because I couldn't even hear it. It scared the shit out of me. But again, I know it's fake. It's sci-fi. And again, it's one of my favorite films. But Jaws just fucked me up. So that's that's number five, Jaws. What do you got? My number five, I don't know what year it came out, but it was a tour de force uh, in special effects. Um, One of the first, I I guess you could call it almost... Uh, it was a horror movie, but also there's some comedy thrown in there uh, called American Werewolf in London. 
by John Landis. And I love this movie. I mean, it was a, it's a creepy movie. It's scary. It's not just slasher. There's characters. You've got someone who, you know, uh, transforms into a werewolf and the agony of that. It it was an incredible at the time, uh, transformation. Uh, nobody has seen anything like that prior to, you had a dead body that's following him around his first friend that he killed. Um, just, I, I thought it was, uh, it's one of the best, it's my top five. So obviously it's on here, but I think it, it, it's, 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 it's up there. Uh, wasn't his friend, wasn't his friend played by Griffin Dunn? It was. He was played by Griffin Dunn, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I That movie scared me as a kid, too. Scared the shit out of me. I think I've seen the movie as an adult since. And it's actually a pretty short movie. Yeah, it's not a very long movie. Like, he, you see him transform once, I think, and then he... Yeah, but then he becomes a really scary wolf, too. Like, the wolf oh, itself yeah. was, was not, like, a regular. It was, you know, pretty, pretty big and frightful. And it's... Uh, I mean, it's based off... The, the werewolf is my favorite horror character. Like even the old Lon Chaney Jr. is my favorite costume. Like I just love the werewolf for some reason. It's always been my favorite. And, uh, and I even like that movie. It's not in my top five. Um, but the whole idea of the tragedy and he, you know, it's uh, and then being marked and died and, and all that stuff. But uh, and then, you know, when you're a kid, you don't know London at the time. And it's, it's in an odd place. You're already weird, you know. By people, you know, where people talk is different. And when I was a kid, uh, and I say kid, I can't remember when it came out, but I'm sure I think it was about 82, maybe. Yeah. You were a kid. Yeah. That's so, a great yeah. pick. That's great that's pick. my number five. All right. Number four. This one is actually a fairly recent film. 81, it came out. I was close. <laughs> you were really close. You're really yeah. off. So yeah. this one came out eh, probably within the last five years. And, um, I got to say, I liked it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Ready or not. I don't think I've seen that. What is this about? So the gist is there's this woman. She looks a lot like, uh, oh, what's her name? She just played Barbie. What's her name? Oh, um, you bastard. Yeah, see? (laughs) Isn't isn't being 50 plus great? (laughs) Only the biggest star on the planet. She's, you know... um, we got you. Go ahead. Yeah. This actress looks a bit like her. The whole gist is it's about this woman. She marries into Margot Robbie, buddy. Yeah, that's right. Margot Robbie. It's not her, though. She looks like her, but it's not her. Right. Uh, she gets married into this family. Um, and on the wedding night, they're like, all right, we got to pick a game. And they pick a game. I think it's called Ready or Not or Hide and Seek or something like that. And like, here's the deal. Um, you have until morning and we're going to try and hunt you down and kill you. And like, what? So apparently this family is super rich and there's an old story that the reason they're super rich is because grandpa made a deal with a demon years ago. You got to bring people there. Yeah. Well, and once a year or however long, I forget what the time thing is, but, um, they got to offer a blood sacrifice. They got to play this game. And she was the one they picked. Uh, I think she like, I think they picked her. If I remember correctly, she may have been an orphan or her parents were dead. She didn't have a lot of family. So it's, it's someone they could easily get rid of and hide. Like who's going to miss this person. And it's dark and it's fucked up. And uh, like I said, it, 
it's got some great actors in it and it's 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 very tense it's 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 a it's a fun film it's a more recent film and uh i enjoyed it all right i i don't know anything about it maybe i'll i'll watch it um and i'll throw this out there too a lot of horror movies from the 70s and 80s you know you got the screaming girl that's always running away and blah 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 and there's been a shift uh, to stronger female characters, where the character, you know, when we have women in film, uh, right, they're the stronger, and they're actually the ones that come out on top, or something along those lines. Uh, this is not your typical. Oh, I'm just going to run and scream, run and scream. No, she f- decides to fight back, and it, it's awesome. So that, there you go, ready or not. There you go. Um, okay, let's see. Um, my next one. Uh, it's funny. These are all fairly old movies. Uh, 1977, this movie came out, Michael. So you're talking the same year as Star Wars, right? Um, I did not see this in the theater. I did see it after when the uh, video circuit hit. My parents would, uh, my like my mom and worked at a, at a uh, place that, that was the first places that had a video um, system. We had a Sony and she could bring movies home and that um, brought it home. Is this Blackula? No, no. <laughs> no, sorry. it's uh, the Amityville Horror. Oh, fuck no. I'm not watching that. This was 1977. Nope. So this, well, <laughs> you ain't watching it, but it's up there as a scary. And the reason it's, it, these things touch you like this, it's like, because it's like, hey, that's based off a true story. And it tells you, so you're like, holy shit. So you got to believe half the stuff. And the other part of of it is the religious side of it, where if you know if you ever go to church, they tell you about this thing called the devil, and you're thinking, oh my god, this could happen. And you know, you know the story, like the father kills the whole family. Oh yeah, yeah okay. Um, it was a real life story, so yeah, that that one, it's, I can't watch it again. Um, I probably could. It probably wouldn't even bother me now, but it's just as it just brings me back as a kid. That uh, I don't know that I ever watched the original. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they remake it with Ryan Reynolds? I think they made it a couple times. There was Amityville two. There was then it was re, then it was came back out again later on. I, I never saw any of them past the right. original one. But I thought they remade it, Ryan Reynolds, and I think I saw it. And I think it was still good. But I, I have know. to look into that. I have to look into that. But yeah, that's my number four, the Amityville right. Horror. Uh, check it out, folks. It's a happy one. <laughs> All right, this one, it it fits the bill. It's a comedy as well, but it's still a horror film. The Vampire in Brooklyn? You got it. There you go. That's it. No. (laughs) This is the first of what, the Cornetto trilogy? That is Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yeah. That's That's not a horror movie. That's a good movie, though. It is. It is a it's movie. a zombie movie, but it's not like it, there's so much laughing in it that you can't get scared. In that movie. Okay, I, I don't know. Uh, there's a couple scenes where some of the people get pulled out. And I love that movie though. Their intestines are getting ripped out and stuff. I'm like, oh my god, they went full gore there. Scary though. That's gory. Like yeah. you do not feel like on the edge of your seat, like you're going to get hurt or scared watching that movie at all. Listen, <laughs> I don't do zombies. Right, I don't like zombies. <laughs> So no Walking Dead. You didn't watch that show or anything. I did for a few seasons. Yes, it was very hard though because I really don't like zombies. But the show was good, so I would watch it during the day. 
during the day. So yeah, you wouldn't share just not into the horror genre. That is a great movie though. That's one of my, that is one of my one of those favorites for me because there's so many. I'm gonna go to the Winchester, and then there's the Winch. When I first moved to Grand Rapids, I'm like, there's a place called the Winchester. I have to go there because of that movie. Right. Um, and I like Simon Pegg a lot. Love him. He cracks me. I up. love this. I love this. The themat the thematic sequel. No, thematic is that it? Yeah. The one they did after, so there's the Cornetto trilogy, right? There's right. Uh, this Hot Fuzz and what the uh, the end of the world or something like that. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. world's not nearly as good, but I like the first two of the Cornetto trilogy. Good, good pick, kinda. And one of the co-stars is the voice of Darth Maul. Oh, really? Sam Witwer? No, the original Darth Maul voice. Oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. He is. He's his friend in there. Yes, yep. I know who you're talking about. Um, he's also in Couples Retreat, by the way. Yes. Uh, my next movie, another. They're all. They're all. Yeah, fairly. Yeah. Uh, 1981. This came out, and it's by Michigan filmmaker Sam Raimi, The oh. Evil Dead. The original The Evil Dead is just a masterpiece, and changed the genre it not only had the suspense which is what makes off all horror movies the best is like waiting for something to happen and it happens in your head before it happens at all and uh and the gore and the scary people and the book of the dead and uh you know the little cabin in the woods it's like the first one to have the cabin in the woods and everything is over there and they get the necromicon book and you know it's just uh I think it's a it's it's a it's a great movie, and I've seen you know Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, and Army of Darkness in 1992. But the Evil Dead is a masterpiece, dude. Masterpiece. I don't know that I've actually seen the original Evil Dead. It's, I've seen Evil Dead Two, which is kind of like a sequel, but also reboot. Yeah, it it kind of reboots it a little bit. Um, it's where it le- ended off from the last one. Kind of kind of shows the recap of the other film, and then it kind of. Gets into ashes, kind of thing. Gotcha. I remember watching that one, and I, I, I didn't hate it. It wasn't. I, you know, I went into it thinking I was going to shit myself. It was going to be so scary, and it was. I mean, it had scary moments, no question. But then, what the next film is, Army of Darkness, and like that takes a whole other left turn. Yeah, it just gets bigger and bigger, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, that's good. That's a good pick. I don't know that I've ever seen it because uh, again, I'm a wuss. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. What's funny is it opened in October fifteenth, nineteen eighty one, at the Redford Theater, and my 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 nephew uh, works Redford Theater sometimes, and my my brother in law. So I wonder if they play that. They should be playing that every every Halloween as a tribute to Sam. Well, you know where Ramey went to school, right? Yeah, Michigan State. Yeah, my alma mater. Yeah, you're almost matters. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My number two, what I feel is a legitimate scary film and didn't, it didn't fuck me up like Jaws because I was an adult and again, I knew it was fake, but at the time I bought into the hype and the Blair Witch Project scared the shit out of me when I was younger. Really? Yeah. I enjoyed that film at the theater, but it didn't scare me. Oh, it scared me. I mm-mm. <laughs> Michael's easy to scare. Well, you know. This is going to sound pretentious, but I'm going to say it anyway. 
my experience with people that scare the shit out of tend to be people that um, have really good imaginations. Um, I'm not saying that because there are some people that went into it like that. Really, that's it. But or maybe maybe it's having a good imagination and a bit of anxiety because there was so much not shown and so much for you to just kind of create in your own mind. Yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of it. That's a Hitchcock thing, right? It's all in your head. Like, whatever's in your head is scarier than everything that goes right, on film. They really don't show anything. Like, there's even a scene where uh, one of the, you know, the cast is taken away, he disappears at night, and then she finds something wrapped up the next morning. Right. There's something in it. And you only see it for a split second. I'm like, is that his eyeball? What is it? They never tell you. It's just something but it was a, he, he was such a interesting way to watch. It was the first that it was a very POV, you know, film, uh, shaky can like you know, handheld. Like it was a very you're in the moment. It brought you into like you know into the film in a different way. It, 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 was, it was really well done. Yeah, it may have not have been the first found footage film, but it really launched them into the stratosphere. I think. Yeah, it was good. It was a good take. They did it right. Um, very fun. Very very fun movie. Um, I think they tried what? How many more of those? Wasn't there a couple sequels to that? They did a sequel that was an actual movie, and it was basically it was very meta. Like, you know, we watched the film, and now we wanted to go see the real place. And blah, blah. Oh god, like a reenactment kind of thing, or yeah. see it for themselves and turn it into ghost stories or, or ghost adventures or some kind of shit like that. Yeah, and then they recently did it again. Well, not recently, it's maybe in the last ten years. But all I know is. The first one, like I remember leaving the movie theater at night, it was pitch black, and I was like, I am not comfortable right now. And I know it's all fake, <laughs> but it, it got got in my head. So there you go, Blair Witch number two. Got it. My number two um, is again a, a earlier movie that spawned, you know, many movies afterwards. Um, born in nineteen eighty four by. Young director Wes Craven, the no. original Nightmare on Elm Street. That's a solid pick too. Uh, well, the it's reason I like it is it's like it took a genre like making you like if you fall asleep, all the shit that can happen to you while you sleep is just a great premise. And you can if you die in your dreams, you die in real life. People used to say that right before that movie came out, like if you die in your dreams, you really die. You know, you like that kind of thing. And um, you had a great character, uh, scary in the first one. They became a caricature later on. Like you're not scared of them anymore. Um, but in that one, oh, yeah. he is the boogeyman and you had some interesting, you had Johnny Depp in there who got soaked up by a mattress and killed and flipped around a room. Um, just a Heather Langenkamp is the, the lead person in that. Um, I just thought it's just one of those stylized movies, not made for very much, but man, it scared the shit out of you because Wes Craven is very, very good at that kind of stuff. And, uh. I super enjoy that movie. And, and it was just a fun, I, I just remember it. It was 14 years old. It's just one of those times it's perfect or, you know, perfect, you know, time to see that movie at 14. It's like, you know, he's got a cool weapon. He's scary and don't go to sleep. Well, don't. also what's scary about that movie and the whole franchise is just like you said, uh, it happens in your dream. So I remember being a teenager and having a nightmare with, we're, we're having a nightmare with uh, Freddy Krueger. Yes. Well, that's terrible. I never had. You, oh, yeah, I had a nightmare with Freddy Krueger, and that just made it worse because I'm like, is this real? Did you see the movie? Um, 
I don't know, honest to God, I don't know if I've seen the first one. Um, you probably saw Dream Warriors, the third one. I, like I've definitely see. seen that one. Which one? Didn't one of them have uh, one of the Arquettes? Yeah, that, that's that, that's Dream Warriors, Patricia Arquette. Okay, yeah, she's in that. Yeah. I've seen that one. I thought maybe I saw the second. I think I see, I've seen from at least from three on. Oh, really? All the way through? And the remake? Not, I've never seen the remake, but it's not bad. But it's, it's just the original has something different to it that you just can't recapture. I, but I, I remember I actually I had a friend in college who was a huge, huge Elm Street fan. So I had seen them all, you know, late at night on HBO at some point in time. Like, well, like I said, at least from the third film on. I think maybe the second as well. But I remember in college, we sat down to watch Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Yeah, where that was even that was even more meta in that. They were talking about bringing the franchise back and yeah. And then they had the actual actors to come back and act in it and all that. Right. Yeah. And then Freddie shows up. Yep. It was, I remember enjoying that. So, um, yeah, I don't think, but I don't think I've actually ever seen the original. Got it. It's good. People should go see the original. It's out there somewhere. I think it's actually on max. You can think you can find them all, but I'm not positive. All right, we're at Michael's number one. I think I want to guess Michael's number one. You're not going to guess it, but please try. Poltergeist? That is an excellent selection. So you can't see my notes. No, I can't. But I've got a whole list of uh, honorable mentions, and Poltergeist is on there. Okay, so what's your number one? That was my guess. I won't keep guessing. Uh, Poltergeist is a good one. That one did scare me as a kid, too. Mm -hmm. It's well done. Absolutely. It's not my Um, number one. I just was curious if it was your number one. Nope. My number one is actually a horror film, like legit horror film. Legit. 28 Days Later. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I Again, as I mentioned, I typically don't like zombies. And Especially fast fuckers. I, don't, I really I don't. don't like fast zombies. Fuck that. That's, not against, that's against the rules. Yeah. But I remember when this movie came out, it was uh, in the early days of internet piracy. So this was back like when movies, you know, would sometimes premiere in other countries before they came to the U.S. Mm-hmm. So this actually premiered and did very well for itself in England literally months. 28 days earlier? Well, no, <laughs> more than that. Like, I want to say it came out like three to four months before, you know, because... They made it. It's a British film, and it, it got made and released over there. And I, I don't know that they found uh, someone that picked it up right away. I think it was eventually picked up by either the Miramax or Dimension, which was their horror sub, uh, sub whatever. But I wanted to see it so bad that I literally found and torrented a version off the internet and watched it on my computer before it actually released in the U.S. So when it actually came out, I'd already seen the film, but I immediately went and saw that opening weekend in the U.S. And I, I'm assuming you've seen it, yes? I have, yeah. It's been a while. That's got, um, what's his name in it, from Peaky Blinders, right? And from Oppenheimer? Stan yeah. Murphy. Yeah. Yes. And also... Why they're making another one of those? What? With him in it. What, another 28 days? Mm-hmm. There was some talk that they might do 
because uh, they did do a sequel called 28 Months or 28 Weeks Later. Um, Maybe it's 28 years later. Fuck. <laughs> right? They could almost do that now. They could probably do 20 years later because that's right. how old it's been. Uh, actually, the funny thing is about the sequel, there's actually some big name people in it. Like Rose Burns in it, Idris Elba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even uh, Jeremy Renner. They're all in this, in the sequel. Yeah. I didn't anyway, see the sequel, but. I did. It's not nearly as good. Uh, Rosamund Pike, I think she's in it. Because, uh, yeah, she's just a teenage girl in that film. Anyway, the first one scared me. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's a zombie movie. But really, it's not. They're not zombies. They're taken over by what they call the rage virus. Right. And I think what I liked about this film, which has happened in other horror films, but as scary as these rage people are, um, what you find out at the end of the film, and this isn't a spoiler because it's been out forever, but what's even scarier than these quote unquote zombies are how people treat each other. Yeah. In real life. Right. Yes, that's why. That's what. That, that's what you know. Basically, um, Walking Dead is. Right. It's not the zombies that you're scared of. You're scared of the next human because you know they're all going to kill you anyways. Yeah, it's like what will people do once you know society collapses and there are not these you know checks and balances and laws and stuff to keep people in order. Same thing in this film, and it's fan. And there's some great people in it. You know, Dominic Gleason's in it. Uh, Cillian Murphy. Uh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she became Money Penny in the Bond series. Um, a lot of great actors and actresses in this film. So. That's my number one, 28 Days Later. Scares me, but is a fantastic film. Also directed by Danny Boyle, who's done a lot of my favorite films. What do you got, Joe? Okay. Or wait, my, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Yeah, you get one guess. That's fine. One guess. You've been picking a lot of 80s films. I got to go with Friday the 13th. No. Okay. Not even, not even close. Okay. Um, I've seen that one. It did scare me. I saw it as a kid because of the... Uh, but it, did, it didn't make the top five. It's I'd say top ten because that scared me as a kid. My uncle m- made me watch it. Not made me. He had it on. And uh, and the twist. I was fine. The, the, the horror. Scary, the, right? the kids getting killed didn't bother me. Kevin Bacon with the arrow didn't bother me. It was when the mom talked with the boy's voice at the end. I was like, "What the fuck is that? That's the freakiest thing ever." That's that was a great twist, though. Oh yeah, it's great, 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 great twist. Um, that's what scared me. Not not the other stuff. No, this movie uh, came out um, December 26th, 1973. The day after Christmas, this movie came out, Michael. I want you to imagine a time in 1973, December 26th. And what's two months old? After the birth of Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God. The, the Exorcist. Exorcist. Yes. <laughs> Nothing. I can't watch that movie again. I watched it when I was a kid. Obviously, it was like on video. I didn't see when I was three really? years old. It still old. fucks you up. I can't watch. No, I just take. I see that face, and again, this is coming off a time where you're you believe like if you if you're, I may have seen it like at eleven or twelve years old, and um, you know, you go to church or whatever, and you believe that the devil, like you believe that's there as a kid. You don't know. It's like Santa. You still believe Santa's there. So why wouldn't the devil be there? And it took over this kid. This was a. This movie was pretty extreme i mean it's not it happened to a child in the movie and the child did some i mean people walked out because you know she like masturbated with a cross there's all kind of shit that goes on in there you don't know that as a kid but that's what's happening but she says words and you figure out later on in life uh oh that's what she's doing like jesus um 
it's a crazy movie. And it, it, it's a fucked up. It's a scary movie. And like just the posters, like an amazing poster. You just have this purple priest looking up in the window and it's just fucking graphically great. And uh, Oh, that poster is iconic. Right. And that movie just changed. It was a f- cultural phenomenon. Well, and it wasn't even around Halloween time. It came time. out almost 50 years ago and they're still trying to keep the franchise going. Yeah. And nothing will be as scary as the first one. Right. And yeah, you're never going to top the first. I heard uh, the latest one that came out this year was actually really fucking good, but it did terrible. Like nobody saw it, but I heard it was scary. Yeah. I think you can be scary. I just think that the story is told so many times that, right. You know, you're just, like, I've seen a bunch of the conjuring movies. Those are pretty good, but they never made my list. Um, but yeah, that's the, to me, that's the scariest movie of all time uh, for me. Maybe if people watch it now that, that have never seen it, but have seen all these other movies, they may look at it and go, this is really fake looking. But it really did a good job back then. I don't know that I've actually seen the whole thing. Like, I know enough scenes from the movie, from the classic scenes. Right. But Max von Sydow, he's in there, right? I don't remember the actors. I only remember her. Um, yeah, Blair. he is in it. He is in it. I'm looking, as I look it up in Wikipedia now. Linda Blair was the only person I remembered, but yes, Max von Sydow's in it. Um, yeah, that, that's a great pick. Uh, I, like I said, I don't know that I've actually seen it from start to finish, but I am big wuss. So that might be why maybe I, that's worth something. I'm, well, if I'm going to remedy it, I can't watch it with Shay. She'll never watch that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she will not do scary at all. I will. Yeah. I probably won't watch that again. Um, okay. I'll give a few, uh, I only have a couple honorary mentions. I, I thought maybe we'd cross paths on a couple. We didn't, um, Stephen King's Salem's Lot that's in the seven. It's a David Souls in that the oh, original one's very scary, uh, kind of that that edgy, scary uh, vampire story. Um, here's a, here's one too. The Hills Have Eyes, the original. It's one of those you get trapped in this area and you got like cannibals and shit there. <laughs> that's weird. Family. It's a scary fucking. I've movie. heard all these films, but I've never seen any of them because because they're the scariest ones. That's why. People- um, Poltergeist was on my list. Uh, Lost Boys. Um, oh, that's a good one. I, I love Lost Boys. I don't know why I didn't think of that. I don't know if it's a horror movie. It's kind of a funny horror movie, right? It's up there. It's right there with American Werewolf in London, I think. Right? It just goes a little bit further than some of the comedy, but there's some scary parts in that. There's some, you know, shocking parts and oh, yeah. blood and all that stuff. I don't have 20 like you do. I'm not going to mention them all, but I, I like I said, we already mentioned the scary sci-fi films. I'm going to throw a couple out. There. I also had Poltergeist as an honorable mention. I threw on their Return of the Living Dead. That's fair. Because, like, I avoided Night of the Living Dead for the longest time. The original 50s. And then I finally, oh, yeah, the original 60s one. And then I finally watched it. I'm like, well, it's not that scary. No, it's, it was at the time. It's, it's, it's so hard to place yourself right. in that area. Right, right, yeah. right. But then in the 80s, they, you know, there was some fighting over the rights. Who owns right. this? And then apparently, so Romero owns anything that's um, um, of the living dead. That's why right. there was, you know, Dawn of the Living Dead and all right. that. Right, right, But then anything Return is owned by his other producer or some shit. Anyway, Return of the Living Dead. I remember I was up late one night and it came on and I was like, I am old enough now. I can handle scary movies. <laughs> I can handle this. Fucked me up. I was like, fuck this. I do not like this movie. Scare the shit out of me. <laughs> um, I also threw uh, Get Out. Yeah, I, I wasn't scared though. 
I like it. It's a great movie, but I didn't get it's scared. It's creepy, but I don't know if it's scary. And that's why that's why I, I think Nope on here, too. Is not nope was not very good. Sorry. You know what? I thought Nope was going to be better. It was okay. Yeah, it was okay. Like, we won't get into it, but I was like, the chimpanzee score story was scarier and it really- Yes, I'm absolutely. Like, why was that even part of the movie? Uh, acknowledging the animal, that's what it was. Once you acknowledge the animal, it'll kill you. I guess. And then um, I saw the original Saw. Never saw any of the Saws. Never seen the Saws. Seen the, the Saws? First one. All the Saws? What's the, you're the English it. guy. What do, how would I say it? I have never seen the Saws would be correctly. That would correct, be right? correct. Okay. I would say this. Based on the films you picked out of your top five, you should at least watch the first Saw. Like okay. any other horror franchise. That and Hostel, right? I heard Hostel was like that too. The first I've never time. seen Hostel. But you should see Saw. You should see Saw. <laughs> Seriously. It's, okay. It's good. Um, I think I watched them for at least the first four or five films. You're never going to get better than the first one. Uh, they do not do a pretty cool thing where they kind of loop around the fourth or fifth movie back to the first one. You're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But they're up to like 10 fucking films of these now, and I yeah. I can't keep up. But the first one is legit. You need to Carrie see Carrie Alloway's, right? Yep, yep. And what else was cool is you got a, I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy that does The Conjuring. That's not James Wan, is it? No. Oh, the, I don't know. I don't know. What the, the guy who's in Aquaman, isn't it? Right? That's who's in Conjure. Conjuring. Yes. Aquaman's brother. Yes. Um, well, it was. I can't remember the two guys that did uh, the saw, but one of them is James Wan, who has now gone on to do other things. He's done horror movies as well, but then his partner also went and did some other horror movies, so those this was those two together and it's seriously it's a good film and last but not least misery yeah not a horror movie is it i don't think so okay never mind they're just hobbling that's really the scariest thing okay fine oh dawn of the dead which was a remake yep. of dawn of the dead but this was this was uh zach schneider before he was too full of himself right well you should watch uh the original evil dead then that would be your God damn it. I don't know. It, it scares me. I've heard such scary shit about it. <laughs> like, okay. I'll probably watch it now and go, oh, it's not that bad. It's probably not that bad. But when you're a kid, it's that bad. Um, Michael, how can our listeners tell us what they think their scary movies are, the top five, or at least their number one, and see if they agree with anything we've said about our Halloween spectacular, spooktacular? Well, if you want to share... Please let us know. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at KyberCast. Or if Facebook is more your thing, we have both a group and a page at the KyberCast. And check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash KyberCast. If you really want to help out the show, smash that subscribe button. Tell your buddies, friends, enemies about our show. Let them know they can find it at pretty much any podcatcher on the planet except for Google pretty soon uh i'll keep saying that just to piss michael off um and they can definitely they can definitely come to our website at kybercast.com as all episodes are streaming there for free for the future so uh michael are you gonna watch any more scary movies between now and halloween though uh no all right we watch one a day till halloween i i i can't that does not happen in this house we just watched Sleepy Hollow the other day. Tim Burton's. That's really scary. <laughs> <laughs>
It's only like PG-13. It's not well, that said, the ring was only PG-13. That fucked me up pretty good. There you go. Well, there you go. We'll leave that right there because Michael's fucked up pretty good. And <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll talk again next week with another episode of Loki. Will we find out what's going on or will it be just another mess? So till then, this is the way. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.